0: Glad you're tuning in for our live church service this morning. We're gonna have a great day. It is brutally cold outside, so we hope that you're taking uh, all the precautions that you need today to be safe. We Wanna welcome all of our online audience, including Gene Enterline this morning. It's great to have you with us online for church today. Uh, for all of you that are new, or it's your first time checking us out, you can find out more about our ministry at Hillside Assembly. Dot org. You can contact us there. There's also links to all of the content that we currently offer. Uh, If you'd like to give today, you can give as well at uh, hillsideassembly.org. You can just click on the give button. Hey, we're excited about the things that are coming up next Sunday. Uh, We'll have ministry partner John Polson with us. He is excited and weather looks like we'll be able to return outside to finish the month of February out with outdoor services and drive in church. I know John's very excited to be able to bring the word outside, so we'll enjoy that next day. I wanna pray really quick before uh, we transition our service. We got word uh, late last night that Jennifer Dobbs' uh, neighbor was involved in a fire. Uh, He since passed away this morning. So we wanna pray for the Dobbs family uh, and the family of this individual that passed away. We also heard from that facility again here in Ripon. They've asked for continued prayer uh, as they're battling a COVID outbreak in their facility. And so we wanna pray this morning that God would move powerfully in this place and in your life, so would you join me as we seek the face of the Lord, Jesus? We thank you so much for the opportunity to be your church today. God, you have great things in store for us through times of worship, through the time. In- Lord, self-reflection, God, you're wanting to move in this place to speak to our hearts and minds, so we open our hearts to you. Lord, we pray for those in need this morning. Lord, those who are sick, those that are going through incredible uh, trials and struggles right now, God, we pray that you would move powerfully in their life. Lord, we pray uh, for this family of Bob, this individual who died uh, this morning. Lord, we pray for the Dobbs family as they were responding quickly to that and the other individuals that were there uh, for that. Lord, we pray your grace and peace upon them during this tragedy, that there would be light in the darkness, uh, that Lord, they'd be able to share hope with those around them. And Lord, we pray for this facility in our own backyard, Lord, that's struggling with the COVID virus within their facility. God, we pray that your healing would be upon those infected and wisdom for those in charge. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to serve you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, as uh, we get ready to transition, today is February 14th. That means it is Valentine's Day. Uh, And we just thought we should probably put a PSA out there for those of you who are married, uh, just as a reminder that you wanna make sure that you're treating your spouse correctly. So let's roll that video this morning. So, Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, What are you getting your wife? Nothing. I don't think it works that way. Nothing? Nothing. 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 Diabolical. Yep, this year for Valentine's Day, I'm the present. Oh, can I please be here when you tell her that? Look, as if our wedding vows weren't enough. Through the years, I power-washed the deck. I YouTubed, how to build a walk-in closet. I even changed the toilet paper roll. Sometimes without even being asked. I took her to Graceland twice. But Graceland isn't a two-trip kind of place. Do you know where she has her weekly women's Bible study every Monday night? Do I want to know? Right over there in front of my 70-inch crystal clear true tone LED while I sit in the back room watching Monday night football on my kid's cracked iPad. You saint. So this year, no presents, just presents. What'd you just say? I'm not getting her any presents. I'm giving her presents. So let me get this straight. For Valentine's Day, you're not getting her any presents with a T, you're giving her your presents with, with a C. That's what I said. Presents, not presents. Diabolical. Hey, honey. Yeah. As you can imagine, Valentine's Day did not go well for Jerry this year. Don't be a cherry. Make those you love feel special. Worship team, what a great job this morning. They'll be back to close out our worship experience here in just a little bit. We're going to transition to a time in the word. We're going through a series called Just like Jesus. And and what this is about as a church, we're discovering how we did ministry and how we did life together was really based on what has been modeled for us. And we decided, hey, what if we put that on the shelf and what if we just dig into God's word We begin to find out what Jesus' expectations are for us as we follow Him, as we figure out what Jesus wants us to do as far as living life and doing ministry. And we're having a great time doing that. And today, we're going to pick back up in Mark chapter 8. This is a transition moment in the life of the disciples in Jesus. There's a conversation Jesus is about to have with His disciples that really changes everything. I think it's great that God's timing just is always perfect. And today, we're, we're in the process of beginning a transition as well. Uh, we're finishing out the month of February doing drive-in church, but there's a good chance in the month of March, we'll transition to our two worship experience plan. In fact, next week after the worship experience, I'll be meeting with the board to talk about that. Now, we'll give all that information to you in plenty of time for that transition. We'll have a launch date that we'll get out to you and those things. But as we begin to look to the future, there's a transition that's going to happen and and we see in scripture today a transition happening in the conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. And so we're going to look at that today and before I go into the verses that we're going to be sharing with you, I think it's good to go back and look over the past 8 chapters where Jesus brought the disciples from where they were to where they are. One of the things that we began to see develop is this, we see the purpose of the church begin to emerge. And so I want to talk for a few more moments about that, the purpose of the church, understanding our purpose as a church. And we've got some graphics to help us out today, explain this to you. So we've got these circles and in these circles, each one is a purpose of the church. So let's go through those purposes really quickly. The first one is worship. And the biblical definition of worship isn't a song, while definitely song and singing is a part of worship, it's a much broader thing that we're talking about here when it comes to biblical worship. It's actually honoring God. If an individual didn't have the ability to be able to sing, they'd still be able to worship and their worship would be just as valuable as the individual that did have a voice. Worship is about honoring God. The second circle or the second purpose that we look at is serving and that's ministry. You know, sometimes we make ministry out to be a lot of things that it's not. At its core root, the second purpose of the church is serving, serving others, serving those who know Christ and serving those who don't know Jesus yet. The third uh, purpose that we'll look at is discipleship. And broken down in a nutshell, it's this, it's growing, growing in our relationship with Jesus. Just like any relationship in our life, it's something that's evolving. It's something that's moving. It's something that's breathing and alive. And it's something that you have to invest in. It takes time to grow. And that's the purpose of discipleship. The fourth one is fellowship. And this is cultivating uh, all, um, uh Healthy and uh, authentic relationships with others. We want to make sure that, that the relationships we're, we're building are healthy, they're positive, they're encouraging, they're not something that's damaging us. And that's what fellowship is all about. And the fourth one, or sorry, the fifth one is evangelism. Now, look evangelism, that's kind of a scary word, right? You hear that and sometimes people just automatically, it triggers something inside of them. Let's break it down for what it's really meant to be and that's sharing Jesus. In fact, when we refer to it from now on, let's just call it that, sharing Jesus because that's truly what it is. So when we talk about the five purposes of the church, if you've read uh, a lot of books or or you've studied some of this uh, over the last 20 years, there's been a model talking about the five purposes of the church. And when we talk about those, oftentimes you'll see the graphic that we're showing you now: the five circles and how they interlap with each other. That each one is supposed to be uh, the same size. Each one is uh, supposed to interact with the others, and they're supposed to be equal in what they do. And that we say that that is a healthy church. Uh, when you're able to do all five effectively together and they work within each other. But the truth of this, if we're really honest, when we look a lot at church culture, that's just not the case. What tends to happen is the four worship, serving, discipleship, and fellowship get prioritized. We spend a majority of our effort uh, and our mindset uh, and our intention in making those four flourish. And the fifth one, sharing Jesus, seems to get to the one that whatever energy is left over, we give to that. Now, sometimes we say that it's top priority, but if we really truly look at at the way that we've done ministry in the past, we can honestly say it's not been. And so when we look at this, we want to make sure that, that we're treating sharing Jesus with others with top priority, that there's intentionality in all five of these purposes, And so this morning, I want to share with you where we're moving as a church and why this is so important. It starts with a mindset. Once we understand a mindset, then that helps us to be intentional in what we do. And as we lay out things for the future, uh, this pattern is something that we want to display in everything that we do. And what we see in this last graphic that we have for you today is that the five purposes of the church, really the biblical model, and I believe the authentic biblical model, looking uh, through the Gospels and at the book of Acts and then throughout the New Testament, is that sharing Jesus is the big circle. It's the biggest circle. And the four other ones fall within that. When you look at how Jesus brought along his disciples How did he do this? It was always about sharing the gospel message. It was always about sharing hope. It was always about sharing the message. And within that, they found worship. Within that, they found opportunities to serve. Within that, they found awesome ways to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And in that, they built authentic, really healthy relationships. And that's gonna be our model moving forward as a church that we're going to make sure sharing Jesus is the top priority. And as that grows, as we get better at doing that, as we become intentional in that, I believe what we'll see is we'll see the other four purposes in the church absolutely flourish. God's about to move in some great ways in the months and the years ahead here at Hillside. So I'm excited about this transition and I hope you will be as well. Now we're gonna get into our verses today, which is Mark chapter eight. And uh, we're gonna be in 27 through 30, only four verses today. But this is a part of a conversation that Jesus has with his disciples that's much larger. And it actually runs uh, through Mark 8, 27 through chapter nine, verse one. This is so much content. We're gonna break it into a couple of messages. So we'll start today and then two weeks because John Paulson will be with us next Sunday. In two weeks, we'll pick this up and continue on uh, looking at this conversation Jesus has with his disciples. So let's start together in Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. In verse 29, the question transitions things. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. So Jesus has been taking his disciples on this amazing adventure. They're, they're being effective. They're seeing lives changed and transformed. There's incredible teachable moments that have absolutely changed the disciples' life, their outlook, their experiences, their expectations, all of those things. God is moving in powerful ways. And here, uh, as they're sharing the gospel with people, and in this process, we see that Jesus is teaching them about authentic worship. He's teaching them about opportunities to serve others. He's teaching them to develop healthy relationships with themselves and with others. And in this process, their spiritual growth is skyrocketing. And Jesus is about to have this super intimate meeting with his disciples, preparing them for the road ahead. And the road ahead was going to be difficult. And the largest way it's gonna be difficult it was gonna go take them down a road that none of the disciples really wanted to go down. And in fact, Peter has the biggest issue with it. He's telling Jesus that what, what he's got planned absolutely can't come to pass and that brings some conflict between him and Peter. But we'll talk about that in the future. So let's look at the next point in our message and that's this. Is Jesus able to have a conversation with you? When Jesus wants to move in your life in a different direction than what you and I are accustomed to, When Jesus wants to to change something in our life, do we give him the ability to speak and to do that in our life? We can can be so busy on our own agendas because look, the world has lots of things that it offers. And yes, we can get tied into the world and the, the, the relationship with Jesus can be diminished, but that's not what I'm talking about here this morning because that's not what's happening here in scripture. Jesus was having this intimate relationship with those who were serving him the best, those that were closest to him. He had to take this moment and say, we've got to break away from the norm to have this moment where we can talk about the future and what's coming and transition that's going to have to happen in our ministry. So the question is, is sometimes do we get so busy trying to do things for God that, that we miss the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit speak to us and to change us, and to change the course and direction in our life? Or are we so focused, so sure that we're doing what God's called us to do? Do we miss God sometimes? We get busy with our routine. And all of us have a routine, whether you're going to school, or, or, or whether you're working from home, uh, or, or you've got a job and you go to the office. We all have a routine. And it's not bad to have a routine, except when the routine comes in the way of Jesus speaking to us. We get busy with our own plans and what we think God wants us to do. Sometimes because it's always been just what we've done and we get stuck in that routine. Do, do we allow God to break that, that routine to speak to our hearts? We get so busy in our own understanding and in our own thoughts, how things work and, and, and how things are always meant to be done. And here's the big one. We talked about this before. We get so caught up in our own expectations. Do we miss the Holy Spirit's conviction And guidance. God may want to change your routine this week. God may want to change your plan that you've got going right now. And I believe for sure, God definitely wants to change our expectations. I took a phone call this week from a dear friend of mine. We had a very emotional conversation. An individual for the past almost 10 years has served in a ministry that is highly effective, changing and transforming hundreds of lives. But over the course of the last few months, God has been speaking to him and his leadership team. They made a decision this last weekend that it was time to close the doors, that God was asking them to close the doors of this ministry. It was emotional, it was hard. There were tears on the phone for me and for him. But as we talked, he assured me that as God was closing this door, God was speaking to him about what was still to come, that it was a time of transition And sometimes we have to be willing to shut the doors for one thing in our life so that God can open the doors for another chapter in our life. And that's true for individuals and it's true for the church. We've been on this incredible journey together and God is changing and transforming us. And we're getting ready in the weeks ahead to take the next step in this transitional process. It's probably gonna be very different than what our expectations are. But if we go into it saying, God, what you wanna do what you want to do in and through us, we're all in on that. We're going to have an amazing time together. We're going to experience the five purposes of the church in our lives like never before. Amen. I'm excited for what lies ahead of us. Because I want to be really clear. Over the last year, our culture has shifted dramatically. That's truth. And the, what's, what's true about that is I, I don't think that our culture is going back. And this might be a little controversial to you, might not be what you want to hear, but I, I think it's very much what the Spirit of God is speaking, not just to me, but to ch- the church in general. God's not wanting the culture to go back. He's wanting the church to move forward. He's wanting us to be just like the emerging church in the book of Acts, where they stepped out in a culture that was, was against them, was against the kingdom of God. But as they stepped out, they saw God do amazing things. Lives changed and transformed. It's our turn to carry the baton. It's our turn to step forward. We're not going back, church. We're moving forward to the things God's calling us to. And I hope that excites you. I hope that in your spirit, there's something that's happening. God's stirring in you that the church is moving forward and more lives are going to be saved in the future. More lives will be changed and transformed. Marriages, changed and transformed. Relationships, changed and transformed for the kingdom of God. I'm excited about what lies ahead. I know that that God was taking this moment to speak to these individuals uh, and, and, and to move them forward, the disciples. I know in the last few months, the individual that I talked to on the phone, God was positioning him, transitioning their life to move them forward. And this morning, God is speaking to you and I about moving us forward. God is saying, I want to do something different. And are we able to get on board with Him and experience it together? Jesus needs to be enough for us, church. Jesus needs to be enough. Jesus needs to be more than our expectations. And Jesus definitely needs to be more than our religious traditions. Jesus is enough. And we need to hear from God. But that brings up the question, how do we hear from God? How do we have these moments where God can speak into our life to change the course and direction of our thinking, of our our decisions, of our choices, and and give us direction for where we're to move forward? How do we allow these moments like the disciples did? Well, the first part is starting, starting this process is getting God's word into our life. I know it's not flashy, but it's the truth. We need God's word in our life. And it's not about the amount of the word. It's so much more of the quality of the word. You've got to understand what the Bible says and how it applies to your life. And there's some ways to do that. As a church, we've got some resources available to you to help you get the word of God in your life. Let's just go through that list really quickly, just to bring everybody on board, just so everybody knows what we have here. We, right now, we offer uh, at 11 a.m. Sunday morning drive-in church. In the near future, we're looking at going to two, at least two worship experiences, but multiple worship experiences on Sunday morning. There's an opportunity to hear God's word and how it can shape and change your life right there. And that's in, rather you're online or live or in our parking lot, but there's an opportunity for you to, to partake, partake in that. When we look at at right now, we do a midweek lift online, which is teaching. We're going through the book of Acts. I realize that's online, but it's there. If you have those online resources available to you, there's an opportunity there. And and in the future, we're looking at bringing that back uh, to doing online and uh, a live version of that as well, in-person version of that as well. We do daily uh, prayer time every uh, Monday or Tuesday through Friday. We do daily prayer time. Just a quick couple of minutes where sometimes I share a scripture or a thought and pray with you. Another great way to get God's word in there. And it's just last week I had two people that contacted me going, man, that prayer time that we had today was exactly what I needed. It confirmed some things in my life. That's really cool when God works that way and also for online we've got right now media which is a free resource it's like bible study netflix and it's absolutely free i think now we're up to 15 or 20,000 pieces of content that's on there for free great solid biblical teaching the guys that are on there are not crazy or out in left field they're solid they're grounded There's great children's programming. Uh, There's other things on there, devotional times and illustrations, some great things for you to check out. It's free. Contact the church. Send us your email address. We'll give you a free account to that. You can have it because we want to make sure you have the tools available. And and it's not all just online though. Though we've moved to be able to uh, to reach people online, we've got some great in person stuff as well. We've got uh, we want to get you a Bible of all things. The Bible, your own personal Bible, is so important. And if you don't have one, we'll help you get one. Whether you want a digital version or you want a paper copy, we'll get you a version of the Bible that's easy for you to understand to help you grow in Christ. And if you're new to this and you're like, I've never gotten into the Bible before, we've got a great resource called the Purple Book, which is basically this. It's a study guide to help you begin to go through the word of God and to find things and and figure out how to take God's word apart and understand it in your life. All that's available to you and all of it's available to you free. That's an incredible thing. I don't know another church our size that can offer those kind of resources. God is good and the tools are there to help you grow. So, those are available to you. So, the first part is, is we've got to make sure we've got a firm foundation in God's Word. If we're going to hear from God, you've got to have God's Word in you. The second part of this is really the Holy Spirit, because God speaks through His Spirit. And I'll say this, the Holy Spirit gets a bad rap, because it seems like when anybody does something stupid, they like to go, the Holy Spirit told me to do it. Okay, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is not stupid and He doesn't do things that are not lined up in God's Word, all right? So, people need to take some personal responsibility. The Holy Spirit is a part of God's presence and He resides in every single believer. And that relationship needs to be cultivated and grow. Let's see what the word says about the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 10, it talks about the Spirit speaking through you. That's encouraging for all of those of you that are concerned. We talked about sharing Jesus with people and you don't know what to say. Good news is, is when you've got a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you the right words to say. That doesn't mean we disconnect our mind. God wants to use your mind. He gave you your mind. So your mind and and, and the Holy Spirit work in tandem together to accomplish great things. In John chapter 16 verse 13, it says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit is all about truth, all about hope, all about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is available to all of us. But how do you develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit isn't freaky and weird. Now, look, sometimes God moves in a way that's not normal for us, but he's not freaky and weird. All right. I, I don't believe the Holy Spirit has you stand upside down or balk like a chicken or bark like a dog. I don't find that in the Bible anywhere. But the Holy Spirit does speak to our innermost being. He encourages us. He convicts us and he helps us. So to cultivate this, how do we begin to do that? We begin to pray. James chapter one, verse five says, if any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously. God's not holding back wisdom. If you ask for wisdom, God's wanting to give it out. He wants you to be wise. It says generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. God wants you to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is amazing. He's this inward voice that that we need to start listening to in our life. And sometimes the Holy Spirit tells us to do things like sometimes I have the Holy Spirit just tell me I need to go somewhere, or I need to need to call someone or, or or I need to text someone. And amazing what God d- does when you when you just you learn to obey this 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 voice inside of you. Now, I want to be really clear When people say, well, the Spirit told me to to do something, but it's not biblically sound, that's not the Holy Spirit. And when you have personal thoughts, but they don't match up with Christ's character or line up with the Bible, that's not the Holy Spirit. That may have been bad last night. I don't know, but that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never lead you down a road that God's Word doesn't take you first. God's Word and the Holy Spirit, they're synced up. They're on the same page. God's word, Jesus, Holy Spirit, they're all on the same page together. And so let's make sure we're taking some personal responsibility and we're, we're cultivating our relationship with Christ, which brings us to point two today. Now, let me say this too. The word of God and the Holy Spirit always bring hope, love, and truth. Those three characteristics are always found even when God brings correction, there's always hope. There's always hope. There's always love. God never disciplines us out of anger. God, God allows discipline in our life to help mold us and shape us for positive, for encouragement, for our future. So that brings us to point two or point three, sorry, our last point for today. Who? do you say Jesus is? And this is important. Jesus asked two questions of his disciples. The first one was this, who do people say I am? The second one was, well, what about you? Who do you say I am? And this morning, I think the question Jesus is asking you personally, who do you say I am this morning? If you were to go around and ask your friends, who do people, what do, what do people say about me? Who do they say I am? Well, they would take that as evidence of pride, right? That's kind of a weird conversation to have. What difference does it really make what people think or say about us? But we're, because we're not that important. But what people believe and say about Jesus Christ is important, especially important for us as believers that our, our, our testimony, our story is true to Christ's character in the word of God. He is the son of God and he's the only salvation for those of us lost in sin. Uh, Other people say things about Jesus and sometimes they say things that are good and sometimes they say things that are bad. And and I think it's good for us to know where people stand with Jesus because it helps us be able to serve them and to share Jesus effectively with them. So if someone's against church, or they've gotten burned by the church in the past, or they're anti-Jesus, that's, that's all right, because that helps us to be able to understand where they're at, and to be able to relate with them, build a relationship with them, and share Jesus in ways that they can understand and see Jesus in our life. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in our minds about what other people say about Jesus, we miss the bigger question, who do we say Jesus is? We can get caught up on the news cycles and, and, and what people are saying or, or watching on YouTube or we get all these different people in our life that say things about our culture, say things about, about people of God, say things about Jesus, and we can get hot and angry and disturbed. I'm going to tell you, Jesus doesn't. It's not a big deal for Jesus. Jesus wears some big boy pants. He's okay when people say things that are mean because Jesus loves them. He came and died for them. So if Jesus isn't offended, why do we get so offended and and have it, it take over our entire mind when someone's negative to the things of God? Instead of going, there's an opportunity here for God to move. I think that's one of the things the disciples began to really grow in and with Christ. When opposition showed up, when challenges arose, what what began to happen in them is they saw what God had already done, what Jesus was already doing in the ministry they've already experienced, and they began to go, there's an opportunity for Jesus to do something here. What if we had that kind of heart? But it all goes back to who do we say Jesus is? Do we believe that God is a God of opportunity in difficult and challenging times? And that's something that each one of us has to ask ourselves. It comes down to personal responsibility. You've got a decision to make this morning. Are you going to take responsibility for your relationship in Christ? I love being a pastor. I love being your shepherd. I'm trying my hardest to be a good shepherd. I'm not perfect. I need God's grace. I try very hard to hear God's word and, and, to, and to be responsible with it and to do the best I can be to be effective. It's challenging. And right now it's very challenging in the times we live in, but we're trying our best as as myself and our team as we come together and God's been good and his favor has been upon us. But when it comes to your personal relationship with Jesus, you've got to take some responsibility. I cannot do that for you. I can preach the word. I I I can be your shepherd. I can give you some guidance occasionally. I can give us vision and direction, but I can't speak into your life in a personal way. I can't make the decisions for you that you need to make with Jesus. I can't prioritize you praying for a relationship with the Holy Spirit or you getting into the word daily. That has to be your responsibility. It's not your your parents' decision. It's not your kids' decision. They can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your friends can't do it for you. You've got to make your own decision. Am I going to be personally responsible for where I'm at with Jesus? And am I cultivating that relationship? This conversation that's happening between the disciples here in this passage in Mark, it also uh, correlates to a passage in John chapter 8 where we read a little bit more uh, of what's going on here. And I'd like to read just a few verses for you. John chapter 8, verses 21 through 24, and then we're going to close up uh, the message and we're going to go in back into a time of worship. Verse, uh, John eight twenty-one. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This doesn't look like a, like a loving, helpful, hopeful message yet, but we're not done. You got to read it in context. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? And I think there's just a small point to be made here. We need a full understanding of God's word because when you take a portion of God's word out of context, look at how messed up this got. People thought that Jesus was suicidal. That is obviously not the truth. So there's a responsibility for us to understand God's word because if we take bits and pieces of, we take portions and don't really understand what's happening, it can become very dangerous to our thinking. So we need the Holy Spirit's power. We need to be able to understand the scriptures in its entirety in our life. Let's continue with verse 23, but he continued, you are from below and I am from above. You are of the world. I am not of this world. I told you, uh, I told you, you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Your confession, what you believe of Jesus Christ matters. And it's a matter of life and death. decision today. It's really hard to give Jesus away. And that's a priority for our church. We want to share Jesus with others, but it has to start in you. There has to be a priority in you to want to grow in Christ, to have God be able to interrupt your day. To have Jesus show up and say, I'm going to change, change some things about you, your expectations, your, your, your way of doing things. And this isn't just for new believers. This is for some of us who've walked with Jesus a long time. We've got to take responsibility to prioritize saying, God, I want to hear your voice. And even when you speak things into us that maybe, maybe takes us down a direction, we wouldn't want to go on our own. We do want to follow you. Jesus paid such an ultimate price for you. And he walked down roads that he had to choose to walk down. There were times when he was in the garden, he chose to persevere. When he was there carrying the cross to the place where he would die, he chose to carry that cross for you. Jesus was no stranger to sacrifice. And as a church, sacrifice isn't going to be a stranger to us either. We've got to give up our comfort the comfort of just sitting in the pew and being entertained on a Sunday morning to a place where we go, God, we're willing to give of our resources, our time, our energy to be where you want us to be when you want us to be there. And the greatest ministry ahead of us when we come back into the building isn't in the building. The greatest ministry is when you're out doing your life, when you take the things that Jesus is doing, when you have those moments where he speaks to you where He shapes you and challenges you, and you live that out with the people you live with at your workplace, on your campus, in our community. That's the greatest ministry. We just get together and celebrate, really. We, we cast some vision. But the greatest ministry is you growing in